Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. It's the list in your boy at Fightful.com. With Jimmy Van and Sean Rossap, they're on fire. Boom shakalaka. 200 strong. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here. It is March 9th, 2022. This is the list in your boy on Fightful Wrestling, brought to you by NordVPN.com slash Fightful. I'll tell you about that here in a minute. We got Jimmy Van here, but more importantly, let's disregard Jimmy Van. Let's disregard that guy. <laughs> We've got former Impact World Champion, probably soon to be Impact World Champion again, re-signed with the company. Boy, we're going to talk about that. We got Josh Alexander. Josh, how you doing, man? I am good. Thank you. I was I was appreciating your little stat bars there in the intro. <laughs> you're the money guy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And you're the shoes guy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm glad that somebody see, like, not a lot of people noticed that. All I right. put his shoes all the way down at the bottom because take a look over at what he's wearing on his feet. <laughs> I let's, just let's take a look. So I won't spend more than 20 bucks on a pair of shoes. Well, that's yeah. just that's just how I feel about it. Talk he's to the mic, he's Jimmy. the guy with like the custom made thousand dollar you know, whatever. Yeah, I see you've got a bit of a shoe game yourself. Well, my wife is really into shoes, so I, I can't get away with okay. wearing lugs anymore. Yeah, twenty dollars lugs. Twenty dollars lugs. Lugs are lugs are nice. I, I like lugs just fine. But uh guys, leave a thumbs up, donate a super chat or a humper chat to get your question read on the air. You might say, What the hell is a humper chat? Go to humperchats.com. That is our Streamlabs and PayPal platform, and it'll make sure you get your question or statement read on the air, even if it is to joshua alexander this show brought to you by nordvpn.com slash fightful you know josh goes back and forth between canada and the u.s an awful lot maybe he misses some of his favorite shows i bet he's a big euphoria guy i bet he's like let me keep up on uh, what's up with rue and, and the gang well you know what he might get region blocked depending on where he is not with nordvpn.com slash fightful you can change your virtual location with just one click and you can browse safely and securely i mean gail kim knows if she is anywhere near me i'm gonna hack her wi-fi and i'm gonna find out all the scoops that's just how it's gonna happen but if she used nordvpn.com slash fightful i wouldn't already know that impact was coming to cincinnati in may i wouldn't have already gotten that scoop but i did sorry gail <laughs> learn to live with it you can also uh, get 30-day money-back guarantees on NordVPN.com slash Fightful. So if for some reason you don't like it, you can get your money back for free. It works on all of your devices. Check it out, NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Our Where's the really nice overlay that I made my team design Well, Jimmy, the real nice overlay is set for two people. 
except for two people. Do you have to make a three person oh, with that's Jimmy? That's right. That's right. So it, you're right. You're right. Your money right. bar was all the way up to the top. You think I'm going <laughs> to subcontract somebody to make one of those? Get real, Jimmy. Uh, NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Josh Alexander, how you doing, man? I'm good. <laughs> I would say you are. You got a new deal. That's interesting. Yep, you you worked a lot of people. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. I've uh, heard that a few times. From few I know people. you have because I hit you up at one point and I said, listen, man, I'm not going to ask you to tell me because that puts you in a weird position. But nobody knows and nobody knew. And you pop back up at Impact. How, how did this all come about? Like I had heard maybe there were some actual visa issues or something. Uh, the visa stuff is like legitimately 100%. Uh, and like I've, I've seen people comment on it and say, you know, that was all a work too, just to make it like seem more legitimate. It was like I, like most things in my career, just a circumstantial thing that happened that happened to amplify this one thing and it benefited it. But also like, I would never cancel a booking ever. Yeah. <laughs> like that's not in me to do. And uh, I had to cancel two shows for that. Cause like legitimate visa issues with, you know, lawyers and stuff that's way over my pay grade. So yeah, that was unfortunate, but uh, it all got handled now, and I'm back in the states. I have a new visa and everything else. So I I had another journalist that hit me up. It might have been Jeff Hawkins. Even he said, "There's got to be something to this because Josh Alexander doesn't cancel bookings, and especially one like Terminus. It's like, man, that that would have been. I would have loved to have seen you in that environment. Uh, so that was that was one of the things that made me go, oh shit, this is." This is something really happening. I know there were people at Impact that went directly to Scott and they said, hey, what is going on here? Like they weren't sure what was going on. Uh, there were people that were surprised when you when you hit the ring as well. I mean, I, I know it wasn't it wasn't like a malicious work the boys thing. It's just you were in an uncertain situation. How, how was that knowing that, that like you didn't know? Well, in, in all fairness, like none of those people that you're talking about ever approached me. That's amazing. <laughs> None of them ever asked me. Like, uh, like I, I'll, Trey Miguel, he said he had no idea what was going on and all this other stuff. And I had heard he'd asked a few people what was going on, but he never came and asked me. I would have told him because I like Trey, yeah. we're friends, stuff like that. But, you know, uh, it, it all just like, <laughs> it, it was weird because like I, I wanted this to happen from the get-go. Like I knew I wanted to stay with Impact uh, because like I'm, I'm clearly happy there. There's a lot of stuff going on there. I just want to wrestle. I don't care where I wrestle. Uh, as long as I get to do what I do at the highest level and all this other stuff. And uh, it all materialized and came together pretty quickly. And like the whole work of the whole thing was just that, you know, Impact has had this weird reputation of losing marquee talent mm -hmm. time and time again. And me being a babyface and all this other stuff, I approached management and I said, if I'm staying, why don't we, you know, make a thing out of it that like I chose to stay at impact because you know i i probably could have gone somewhere else i could have like gotten a job somewhere else but i didn't want to so i wanted to amplify that not just for like me but for like the whole brand of impact and the fans i mean you were getting name dropped on AEW programming did you have any heads up about that did you know that was coming i had no idea and all that stuff like i i thought it was all like a big work between you know management yeah. and impact and like they were just like you know helping each other out trying to make things even more but it all just like kind of like snowballed like the brandy thing happened and that was just them doing whatever they wanted to do and then you know even uh ethan page working christian whose last match was against me yeah 
two and a half months ago was this weird synergistic thing that happened and it was all just you know happenstance but it all amplified it even more so at that point had you already i assume you had already agreed to a deal like quite a while back yeah, like we we had agreed in principle and all this other stuff. And then when my contract expired, we'd agreed before, you know, I had a chance to talk to anybody else. So <laughs> I knew where I wanted to stay. I knew what I wanted to do. It was just, uh, yeah. And, and you've got, there's a lot of talent on different kind of deals and impact. There are a lot of people that are on uh, per appearance, like an exclusive paid per appearance. I like that they're willing, they're willing to do what it takes to get talent now. And, and I think there's something to be said about that. I want to get to some of the questions that we have before we get to uh, other news topics. JJ says, pump for Josh Alexander being on the show. One of my favorites. Was there any doubt in re-signing with Impact? I I would say there was like a 1% chance that I wasn't going to sign with Impact. Uh, yeah, it Just like the, my relationship with everybody there from management all the way to, through the locker room. Uh, I feel like I'm a part of something that's growing and like on the ground floor and it, it, we've all got room to grow together. So, you know, I, I'm a loyal person. I, I'm like a team player, as I would say. I've been that way my whole life with whatever group I'm in. And yeah, there was no doubt that, in my mind. That 1% was you going, oh, I got to work with Gail Kim. <laughs> oh, oh, Bryson says, no question yet. Wanted to say uh, Josh is one of the most talented in-ring workers I've seen over the last decade. Now, your name is constantly mentioned among the most elite workers in the world and, and i mean it was sort of a bubbling under thing for a while now it's like widely recognized how, how does that feel to get that recognition for something you've clearly put tons of work blood sweat and tears into i i would say it means everything to me like uh like i i flew under the radar for so long and i worked so hard at this and like my personality is just like i i might have like add or something i can't focus on very much of anything but when I, when I do find that one thing that I can become obsessed with, I'm, I become a perfectionist at it. And wrestling has been that way since like the first time I stepped in a ring. And I, I've never been like this merch guy. I've never been this guy that's chasing fame and followers and all this other stuff to grow my brand. But like, I've always really been obsessed with being the best at whatever I can do in the ring and like giving the fans exactly what they want or even more and going above and beyond. So like now that, you know, the secret's kind of out there that, I'm one of those guys and regarded with like some of the people that I look up to, like the John Grishams and all these people is like the best wrestlers in the world that like it, it's humbling. It's awesome. Love John Gresham. I, anytime he posts like a, one of his tutorials on YouTube, I immediately like grab my wife and I'm like, Hey, I got to try something. Got to try <laughs> something. She dreads, she dreads the uploads. We've got a couple of statements too. Alan says, welcome to Fightful. Thank you for coming back with impact. Watched the show Saturday and loved it. There was a ton of good wrestling this weekend. Uh, Malika is glad to see you resign and <laughs> shouts out me for long-term storytelling with punk CM punk <laughs> did unblock me on Twitter this week, guys, even though he said he wouldn't at the scrum, but I think he realized that I didn't do anything to him. So we're good now. Chuck says, or Chuck just sent a super chat, but Kyle says Twitter conversation inspired wrestler for Josh. Do you view yourself as a wrestler and entertainer or both? Do you see any differences in them? And what would those be? Uh, in my heart, I'm a wrestler, <laughs> I would say, through and through. Uh, that's what I'm comfortable with and all this other stuff. But uh, like, I think to a certain aspect to get to the level I'm at now, you have to be a little bit of both, at least. And certainly you could just be an entertainer and get pretty far. Like you look at the Logan Pauls and all these other people that make a living and are able to like jump in and out of our world and stuff like that. And they're just entertainers. But uh, yeah, uh, in my heart, I'm a wrestler. <laughs> 
And Ian says, was there was there when Josh uh, first came to Unit 13 at LLWA to train? Trained with and ref lots of your first matches back then, and I'm very proud to say so. You've come a long way and deserve all your success. Keep it up. Man, like we got people cool. popping up from your – we got the ghost of Christmas past popping up <laughs> Josh Alexander here. Those, those are dark days. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Nails says, can we talk about the immense support and he gets uh, he gets from Jade – how good Jet is <laughs> his wrestling moves and the egomaniacs always supporting uh, Josh. Uh, yeah, I mean, Jade, uh, of course, uh, not just a big supporter of you. She supports so much of what Impact does. I uh, There's there's a lot of stuff that pops up on my radar from Impact because Jade has tweeted it out. Yeah, yeah. she's uh, she's made it a thing to just like live tweet every show, <laughs> yes. every chance she get because like she's watching it along with Jet. Jet's obsessed with wrestling yeah. and Impact Wrestling, so... You know, it, it, it's all pretty easy for her, but uh, she loves it. And Van Twinblade says, Hi, Josh, I'd like to ask you to come back to Glory Pro and yeet Paco around the building like a basketball. Everyone <laughs> go watch the first match he did with Mike Outlaw. It was fire. Any chance that we see you back there? I mean, I, I, I remember you posting on Twitter, and we talked about it off the air, you were considering a relocation to the States that would make that probably more plausible. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm open for bookings in America right now. I have a visa, and uh, with my new deal at Impact, I'm able to fill whatever time I have free outside of their taping schedule. So I, I could definitely see myself going back to Glory Pro and everywhere else, even if I don't relocate to America, because that won't be happening until later this year, if ever. Guys, reminder, you get in your Super Chats and Humper Chats. Jimmy Van, we have some some other wrestling news to talk about this week. I mean, it's been a loaded week, like... WrestleMania is in full swing. Impact had a great show on Saturday. Uh, you've got AEW Revolution on Sunday. It, it's been a, an absolutely loaded week. Uh, Chuck says, any idea if we're going to get annual tournaments in Impact? I missed the Bound for Glory series. Do you uh, have any insight on that? I have no insight. You, you have more insight on Impact <laughs> news than I do, for sure. So. I so did tell you. Air, just so people know, off the air, Sean was reciting like upcoming Impact dates to Josh. Yeah, I was putting them in my pocket. Well, listen, Gail Kim's got to get on that NordVPN.com slash Fightful. What's she thinking? What's she thinking? I'm just, I, I just hack into that Wi-Fi, no problem. But um, topics to to discuss uh, on the news perspective, Jimmy. Yeah, I mean, I got more stuff I want to I want to ask Josh of about course. about himself. Uh, the first thing that I wanted to do, you talked about being a dad. You got two little kids. I, t- I told you out there, I got two little kids. I saw a video on your Twitter. Uh, and I went ahead and scooped that video. I want to see if Hayden can play that for a second. Hayden, can you play that video? Weighing that to 170 pounds. <laughs> 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 okay, what happened? <laughs> so when that happened, I remember uh, I remember commenting on that, and I was like, "Man, he took after Moose there. He did that in front of your family with your family watching." Uh, he has no remorse either. He's one of the stiffest kids I've ever. Seen. <laughs> you think? Well, I oh, wanted to ask no. you, what's it like being a dad, juggling parenthood with wrestling, especially when your wife is also involved in the business? I mean, it's much easier because my wife is and was involved with business, so she understands what I'm doing and why I'm doing it and all this other stuff where I've had several like relationships in the past where my significant other had no understanding of what I was doing. She thought 
like it was all for nothing right. and I was just wasting my time. So, you know, that makes it all easier. And then, you know, she's a super mom. So that much, <laughs> that gives me a lot of help with the two kids, but it's just, uh, it was hard when I had a full-time job as well as wrestling every weekend and traveling nonstop because yeah. there was no days off. But now from Monday to Thursday, usually I'm, you know, at home with my kids and oh, it's nice. to do all that stuff and spend even more time with them. So, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's definitely challenging, but uh, it's definitely easier now. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I wanted to ask you a question about standing out on the independent scene. So I was telling you off the air, I, I used to promote shows back 2000, 2002. And back then, the Attitude Era was still going on. Like wrestling was still really, really hot. You broke in, I think, 05. Yeah. Is that right? So wrestling was kind of cooling off a bit at the time. And, and when I was doing shows, you had WWE, you had WCW, you had ECW. A lot of people were breaking into the business. When you got in, like I said, things were cooling off a bit and you no longer had WCW and you no longer had ECW. How did you get noticed? How did how did you make yourself stand out? Especially since I imagine there were probably less shows going on, smaller crowds at that time. Like, how were you able to make yourself stand out and get noticed? Well, it, it was a lot of trial and error. I don't think I stood out and got noticed for probably the first five to seven years of my wrestling career. I would say around 2012 is when I started like getting a little bit, little bit of momentum. But uh you know, when all that shut down, WCW and ECW and all the other stuff, like you were saying, like we had my my generation, that 2005 generation, had the Ring of Honors and the Impact Wrestling and all this other stuff to look up to. So we had something else. And like that style, much because of like Loki and Samoa Joe and AJ Styles, all these guys, they were doing things that you never saw in ECW and WCW. So it, it, they revolutionized the business and changed it. We were all just trying to like learn and catch up on the go in 2005 and it, it certainly changed because in like 2012, 10, 12, like that's when social media really right. became a part of wrestling too, to help get noticed. So you started seeing people getting noticed for different reasons for what they were doing in the ring or for traveling and all this other stuff. So you just like, I had to find my niche and my niche was always just stick to the wrestling, stick to what you're good at and like make that like the reason why people want to buy a ticket to see me. Right. More right. Than, you know, merch social media all this other stuff yeah i gotta i gotta mention this sean so we have a running gag on this podcast where we have the fightful championship belt sitting right over there and the running gag is that sean ross sap has never been able to capture the fightful he's holding the replica he's holding the replica this is heavy that's the real deal so look at this sean ross sap you were never able to capture the fightful championship belt listen look at josh I, alexander i'm What's gonna going call on, my friend rj city and he's gonna kick your ass <laughs> my ass I, yeah, probably not. Actually, he'll probably he'll probably hand you a cup of coffee and say something uh, something yeah. sarcastic to you. So when we're done, I'm gonna have to get grab a photo of you with that. That's legit. Just for fun. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah it's uh, Wildcat made that. Oh, okay. So super legit. Yeah. <laughs> he, I mean, he also has replicas of my head made as I well. Do. I don't know where the hell it is, but we do have it somewhere. Yeah. Oh, it's behind Un the chair. Yeah, I'll show it oh, to you. Unreal. Unreal. Obsessed with my face. So one of the things that's changed about Impact Wrestling of late is now that we are getting a little bit safer in, in the public eye, so to speak, with, with the pandemic, the taping schedule has accelerated significantly because for a while it was once every six to eight weeks, maybe. Now you guys are at least two times a month going to tapings. How has that adjustment been for you, especially coming in and out of Canada, which I understand is a pretty big headache right now? Well, the, the traveling thing, I, I found my own little like kind of loopholes of traveling. Uh, so I, I fly exclusively from Buffalo. I don't do ah. internet. I don't do any international flights because it's just a nightmare. 
but like I'm traveling weekly, so it, it's sure. pretty easy to drive across land borders for me, at least with a visa. But the the taping schedule, accelerating all that stuff, traveling around, getting in front of new crowds and different markets and stuff like that, like that's what pretty much the entire locker room's been itching for for so long, even pre-COVID. Like we were going to, we we had like a steady schedule of going to the same towns for like about a year or two pre-COVID. And now coming out of it, like we're going, like we just came back, I wasn't there, but they went to New Orleans and like that was like a market we've never been to and all yeah. this other stuff. And it's just, it's cool to see like the company investing in trying to make it grow a little bit more and stuff like that, get us in front of more crowds and like just get to see new and different people that want to see impact wrestling. Cause like, I, I think our fan base is very loyal uh, as far as like wrestling fans go and stuff like that. So if we can get out in front of them and make it easier for them to see us, it's only going to benefit us. And selfishly, as I was mentioning off the air, I'm not going to reveal what dates I've heard of in the future, but you all were in Louisville this past week. You've got Cincinnati that I reported soon. I'm probably going to see you guys in Dallas a little bit, but specifically the Louisville Cincinnati area, like selfishly. And, and then Nashville is, is a regular spot like wrestling around here for a while just wasn't that high profile. Nobody wanted to come to Kentucky because of the commission and all the stuff around it. So uh, I'm pretty happy about that. I get to drive to see you guys work and all that. Uh, I get to bug Ross Foreman to let me interview you guys, which is always fun. Uh, but when when you think about places in the States that you want to return to after the pandemic, is there any certain one that you're like, man, that's a market I would like to go to now that my profile has increased to see how things work there? I haven't really thought about it. I, I've wanted to get out more on the West Coast because I haven't really you know, cemented my name out there at, at all, you know, other than doing some PDBG stuff way back when, and I've done like a couple of defies since, but like, I, I've really not been, I'm a big Midwest guy mm -hmm. <laughs> as I have been for most of my independent career. So I, I would like to get out to the West coast, but uh, I haven't really thought about it, man. I, I'm always pleasantly surprised with all these towns we go to when my music hits and I come out and people are just like happy to see me. Like yeah. it's, there's a certain amount of uh, imposter syndrome that still plagues me because of it. So it's, it's just cool. Actually, I actually want to ask you about Japan because I saw that somebody asked you on Twitter in January, who are your dream opponents still left to face? And your answer was the entire country of Japan. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's tough to say, man. Like, uh, I, I'm such a big fan of like what New Japan's done in the last kind of decade and like Noah over the past 20 years and, you know, going back to like the all Japan stuff back in the 90s and 80s. But like, I, I've just never been to Japan. And right. every time I wrestle anybody that's like had a, like, a, a good career over there they go oh yeah you know such and such like i've been there i'm like i've never been there and like, what and they all freak out <laughs> yeah, yeah i'm like i know like so. in, the, in the last two years it's been impossible to go over there yeah like they're, yeah they're not bringing anybody over which is wild uh alan asks if you still keep in touch in touch with ethan page love to see the north as a one-off north as a one-off uh yeah. i i mean we we keep in touch but like uh He's doing one thing in AEW. I'm doing another yeah. thing in Impact Wrestling. We're both super busy outside of that. We both have two kids. Each. Dan Lambert brainwashed him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, KE775 asks me if I got any feedback to Vince's interview from Wrestlers Officials. Josh, did you see his interview with Pat McAfee or hear anything about it? Of course I watched it. It was uh, super entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was insightful as well. Yeah, so I've been collecting sort of backstage reactions to it. I should have something up this weekend on Fightful Select. But yes, and it was it was all positive that I heard from. Like nobody that I talked to in WWE was burying him for anything because quite honestly, that's 
that's the longest a lot of these people have seen him speak in a row. Like a lot of these people don't get FaceTime with Vince McMahon that often. <laughs> yeah. So it was just as fascinating for a lot of them. JJ says talking about touring impact has always been big quite here in the UK. Any plans to come back in the near future? I'm sure they do have plans to come back. I mean, the product of where we are in the world it isn't easy though. Yeah. I've been asked that question thousands of times over the past yeah. three years and, you know, it, it, we do have a big fan base out there. We would like to go, but it's just whenever it can happen. So, Jimmy, we've got some news topics, among of, among which uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, so he accepted the invite, and I was going to ask you this. So you were talking about how, you know, WWE wanted to get a match out of Steve Austin at WrestleMania. I saw the promo that Austin cut, because even though Kevin Owens has set it up like it's going to be a, a promo segment for the KO show, Austin alluded to it's been 19 years since I've had a match. So my question for you is, again, Sean Rossat being the investigative journalist, right? What's the latest you're hearing about Stone Cold? They wanted him to do a match. They want, uh, the, When I heard about this story, first off, when people said, oh, the big story's breaking today, I thought they meant Cody a few weeks ago. And they're like, oh, no, it's, it's Austin coming back. And I'm like, say what? And it's one of those things. It was the same feeling I got like when people told me CM Punk was coming back. I was like, shut the fuck up. No, he's not. He ain't doing anything like that. And when I heard that they were trying to get him for a match, I had two thoughts. One, how after this long? Because they couldn't get him for CM Punk 10 years ago. They couldn't get him for John Cena. What what changed now? Well, then I thought about the amount of money that was being passed out to guys like Owens and Styles. And it's like, well, if they're giving those guys that much money, you got to imagine they're paying an insane amount to get Steve Austin. Over the last couple of weeks, it was far less less sure that it'd be a match. But you could tell by the tone in which Steve Austin took that that was the implication. Because he said, call it a match, call it a fight, call it yeah. whatever you want. And to me, it's his way. And this is me assuming his, his motivations, which is not something you should take for gospel. I think it's his way of saying, like, I'm going to kick your ass. It's not going to be a ring the bell, one, two, three type of thing. Because I think that he takes a lot of pride in what his last match was. And, I mean, two years later, they tried to have him come back and, and work a match with Jonathan Coachman, of all people. And he said, no, nah, I'm not doing that. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see Austin kick Kevin Owens' ass, hit him with a stunner, and then, like, count to three himself type of thing. Like, I could see that happening as well. But it... It was definitely there. First off, I heard there were some issues with prep time and things mm -hmm. like that. But I also know this is something that they were pushing for as far back as January. And I want to ask you this because you've had some neck issues before, right? And Austin now is how old is he, Sean? Early 50s, Stone Cold. He'd be 57. maybe mid 50s. He's 57. He's he was 57. born in 64. What do you think about uh, Austin doing anything physical 19 years after he last had a match? History and neck issues, almost 60 years old. What do you think? I think if it's a one-off, he'll be fine. I think there's ways to work around it. I think like Kevin Owens and him are super professional and all this other stuff. So there's there's bells and whistles they can do to make it all very entertaining and make it very safe. But uh, yeah, I, I hope I get to see it happen because I'm a huge Stone Cold fan. Like that's the reason I got into pro wrestling. So, Is it really? Yeah. He was the guy. He was the one guy that my mom brought home a magazine and Stone Cold versus Shawn Michaels with Mike Tyson on the cover. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Who's this guy? Awesome, awesome. Uh oh, look who's in the chat. <laughs> Jade says she couldn't race home quick enough. What did I miss? He buried you on the air. Buried you. 
said that you you sicked your child on him for for a brutal assault. You were back there managing him, and then all of a sudden the the attack came through. We welcome Jade into the chat. What a fantastic Twitter follow as well. But uh, man, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and again, it was one of those things. Like Josh, I don't know if I've I've mentioned this to you. When I got the news of CM Punk, like I'm connected well in the sports agent world. But there's one specifically who, when he'd get off the phone with me, would be a big smart ass, and he'd be like, "Hey, did you hear the Undertaker's going to win the cruiserweight title?" And then he'd like hang up. And then we we ended a call, and he's like, "No, but really, check on CM Punk to AEW." And I was like, "Yeah, sure, buddy, sure, buddy." Just like you told me Hulk Hogan was going to wrestle Grayson Waller last week. <laughs> sure, I bet. Uh, and then I had some more people follow up with the Stone Cold thing that came together so quick. I was I was kind of shocked, and it felt like the kind of thing that WWE wanted out there a little bit, so to speak. Like I got a pretty quick confirmation that that was a working plan. But uh, have you ever worked with Kevin Owens? Did you all do much together? Well, I wouldn't say we did a lot, but I, I worked with them on the Canadian Independence. There's a company named C4 out of Ottawa where I wrestled them yeah. a couple times, and I got to work with them then, right before pretty much he went to WWE. But uh, yeah, <laughs> Stone Cold. I I find it so unbelievable, but you know I forget that he retired so young. Like his yeah. his run wasn't that long. So like when he says there's 19 years between yeah like the the trilogy of the Rock and now I'm just like it blows my mind. I mean his run was like five years. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah I mean because he had he had a full year plus off. He mm-hmm. had almost all of 2000, and then he missed like effectively when he took his ball and went home. That was his career. He had like two matches after that, two or three matches when he came back. So his ascent through WWE and then his retirement happened over the course of a few years. And like we're talking about him retiring at 37, 38 years old, which Mm -hmm. is unheard of these days, unless you can't physically go, which at that point he said that he probably shouldn't physically go. I mean, he was he was almost not in that match at WrestleMania 19 as well. Like if, if you go back and listen to that, it's just mind blowing to see the age in which that guy retired with how successful he was and what could have been. I mean, even Shawn Michaels, like my God, he missed those four years and he said he probably could have come back sooner. He was so young. He was mid thirties at that point. Um, It's just, it's always wild to see that. What other news you got, Jimmy? (laughs) Well, I want to ask you your thoughts on this Ring of Honor news because you got a background with Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. So Tony Khan announced last Wednesday on Dynamite they've acquired Ring of Honor. Uh, and Sean, I'm going to ask you in a minute because apparently he plans to book shows, which uh, is a mistake if he doesn't delegate my opinion. But what were your thoughts given your history with Ring of Honor? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. 
This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Uh, about uh, Tony Khan acquiring the company. Um, from everything I've heard over the past like couple of years, is Tony Khan was an enormous Ring of Honor fan. Like, and you can tell like the guys that you know he hires and stuff like that that he must be a huge fan of the Ring of Honor days and stuff like that. And early Impact from my interactions with him, he was like a big TNA fan. But uh, the Ring of Honor side, I think it's like good that that like he bought the tape library and he bought like all the intellectual property. Is mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. so? He owns everything. Like. I think it's good that it's in the hands of somebody that actually enjoyed the product rather than just selling it off to somebody that's going to put it on an app. Like it's exactly what Punk said. That is what Punk said. Yeah. He said he, he said that he wanted his footage to belong to a wrestling fan and not to somebody who would put it on a, a shitty tab on a shitty app that wouldn't work. That's, that was his <laughs> yeah. That's what he said. Um, and, Tony Khan did say to us, I thought that his comparison was apt, and I thought it was was really good. He asked the room full of reporters which NXT they preferred, the original or 2.0, and we all said NXT. Then he said, which do you think is more conducive to Vince McMahon's vision of what a wrestler is and what he wants out of talent? And we all said 2.0, and he said, well, there you go. He's like, I preferred the original NXT, but I see why they changed it to 2.0. Because why are you going to just create a bunch of people that you're not going to do anything with, eventually release, and then Tony's going to capitalize off of what you had built the last couple of years with these NXT talent? Why not just go ahead and streamline the process and build more towards what you're going to do? He hinted that that was going to be sort of the method, that he was going to have a place where he could provide um, an area for people to work that could eventually become AEW stars, and he indicated that he wanted them to work kind of both of them. And I mean, if you're going to do that, why not have William Regal around? I think he knows a little bit. I mean, the, the joke is, Josh, that NXT is AEW developmental, not WWE developmental, because they've created so many people that are now big stars there. Why not get the, the guy that helps do that? Uh, what were your thoughts when you heard about William Regal going to AEW? I, I wasn't shocked at all. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean... From I've only had minimal interaction with William Regal over the years doing like WWE stuff pre-shows, but uh, like you can tell he loves wrestling. Like this is his business. This is this is everything to him. So he's gonna find a job in it. And he's very good at it. So any company would be lucky to have him. Clearly, but uh, like I I my hope is that he does run Ring of Honor shows because I, I think a lot of these guys that are like they're hamstrung into like the position on dark they don't have a lot of time on dark to put together matches that are longer than like six or seven minutes. Whereas you run a ring of honor show and you highlight, I don't know, like a jungle boy or something like that. He can have a 20 minute main event with somebody and you know, he's going to learn the reps more that he can apply later on when he's a top guy in AEW. And I mean, they've, they've got a guy in Jonathan Gresham who, man, what a, what a supreme talent that guy is. I know he's been, throughout impact as well but i would be shocked if he didn't end up doing like an aw roh hybrid type of deal there uh 
mean, that would be that would make an awful lot of sense to me. But Jimmy, you mentioned him needing to delegate. Um, I, I agree. I think with all his responsibilities, he should. I think he's got a lot of good resources as well. Like I think Matt Hardy can become his like Pat Patterson, like his finish guy, uh, another idea guy. Mm-hmm. But he had mentioned at the scrum that like he has been writing Rampage and Dynamite, like just kind of booking himself for like 20 years. <laughs> Like 20 years he's been writing storylines out. I mean, it's like I told you before, when I saw that photo of him on the sidelines, I think at a Jaguars game, mm-hmm. and he's got the clipboard with AEW matches on it. Yes. <laughs> like, I, I really think that he's stretching himself too thin, and he's got more than enough, you know, smart minds around him that he needs to delegate. Have you heard anything about a Ring of Honor? Because he said he wanted to book Ring of Honor. Have you heard anything Correct. about he wants to do a weekly thing? Maybe it's going to be just like a rebrand of Dark. Like, have you heard anything about what the plan might be? No, because I think it's too early right now. Like they don't even know what they're doing with Honor Club yet. So yeah. um, I, I full stop. I asked him today, when can I start pestering you about ROH stuff? And he said soon enough. So um, hopefully I'll be able to pester him about that. But Josh, I want to ask you something about, about William Regal. Because again, I was doing some Twitter research this morning. And you posted uh, on Twitter one time, Regal told you that you look young like you'd never been in a fight. Yeah. What was that about? what yeah he did he posted that so this was in like 2012 or 2013 when i just first broke into the american indie scene i got called to do columbus and detroit for raw and smackdown when i showed up to columbus for raw uh jake something was the only person i knew that was there and there was two other guys that were just from like minnesota or something else that I've, i've never seen since but uh jake uh has pretty much looked that way his entire life. He's been missing a tooth. You know, he, he just looks like a caveman. So William Regal was giving us this huge speech about how he, he I think he used Brian Danielson as an example, Daniel Bryan or whatever, uh, <laughs> that this guy can do anything. Like he's good looking, but he, he can be gritty. He can be violent. He can be funny. He can do all this stuff. And he was like, this, this is the perfect guy that the utility guy can put in anything. And this is before Daniel Bryan blew up to be like, the biggest thing in pro wrestling but then he looked at me and he goes you yeah you're you're a pretty boy you know i had like i had like spiky blonde hair and i couldn't grow a beard back then i was wearing a singlet i looked like a varsity club guy yeah you had a bandana on i think or something that, i remember saw the picture yeah. not not the WWE. i didn't wear the bandana. oh okay okay, okay. Uh, anyway and uh he's just like yeah you know you just need to look like you've been in a few fights like this guy this guy's ugly he looks like he fought a war with his face and jake's just like what uh you know what i mean like he's happy to hear it so <laughs> But yeah, okay. I, I I since applied that through indie wrestling, bleeding every single show I've or every match I've had since, pretty much breaking <laughs> every bone in my body. So, sort of uh, on the same topic as William Regal, uh, Impact just brought on Lance Storm. I've learned a ton just talking to Lance Storm. I've talked to him an awful lot lately, and they're like little. I mean, there's plenty of stuff that I disagree with him about, but then like he'll tell me his his point of view on it. I'm like, shit, you're right. That that makes a lot more sense the way that you laid it out. How has that that been for you? Have you had the opportunity to work with him much? Because I know that that's kind of when you were heading for your little break. Yeah, he came in as I left. So uh, we the only interaction we had was after I debuted at Sacrifice this weekend. And, uh, you know, he had to go off to do gut check. So sure. we, we have yet to work together. Uh, we did work together the one time he did his agent kind of tryout with Impact yeah. maybe two and a half years ago before he went to WWE. But uh, like I've, I think we we gel perfectly together. We're very sarcastic. We're very dry, and uh, 
we, we seem to get along, but I, I grew up reading his blogs back in the day yes. with blogs oh, yeah, yeah. Reading, uh, my cell phone while I was at work when there was no other form of media for me. And I learned so much just reading his blogs. So I, I look forward to working with him. I told him he needs to turn his Twitter persona into a character where he comes out during X division matches and he's like, unsafe, it's unsafe. <laughs> and he's, he's managing a guy. He's like, slap on a good chin lock, put the hooks in. Yeah. Get when he grounded, when he tweeted that I read it, I didn't comment on it or say anything to him, but I just went, man, if he thinks that's unsafe, wait till you see half the stuff these guys are doing. these <laughs> I days. know. <laughs> I know. And I mean, I, there's, there's so many people that I love and like, I love that they put Steve Macklin in the X division for a while. Cause I thought that he was like, if you put prime Rhino in the X division, I thought that was such a great contrast. And I thought it was a really good approach. The X division is one of the things that made me love TNA back in the day too. So, um, and, and the funny thing is Lance storm doing a lot of the athletic stuff that he did was one of the things that drew me to him, like, uh, going standing and basically doing the, the box jump to the top rope and turning around into the clothesline, which uh, not exactly as high risk as some of the other stuff, but, uh, man, that guy's got an awful lot of knowledge as well. Uh, what do you think about gut check? Like, like that being back, I, I was a fan of it, like younger watching impact and TNA and stuff like that. And I, I just like the tough enoughs and the gut checks and all oh, that stuff. Oh, me too. I, like now I have a different perspective on it because like I know a lot of these guys that are just hungry for an opportunity and stuff like that. Like I knew, I know Jason Hotch and all these other guys that are like busting their ass in the Indies trying to get noticed. And I think like to a certain extent, like maybe it's too soon for them to be put on television. You know what I mean? As good as they are and as like as much as, uh, you know, uh, of a prospect they are and stuff like that. Like, it's going to take time for them to become, like, a valuable part of the show. But, like, it's a great foot in the door, and it's a great way to get their name out there, and it'll help them get more bookings on the indies and stuff like that. So I, I just think it's a cool little thing. I'm a, I'm a competitive guy, so I, I like seeing people compete over stuff. I would imagine by the time Tough Enough was on the air, you had probably decided that you wanted to be, like, in wrestling, right? Uh, well, it was about the time that I was, like, maybe this could be a thing. But then I yeah. watched that and I was like, there's no way I could do this. <laughs> really? Cause like I, I would watch it and I'd be like, Oh, that's how you bump. That's how you hit the ropes. And I was like fascinated by that. Were you like breaking down the individual things? Like, okay, that's how you do this. That's how you do this. And what made you say that you couldn't do it? Well, the thing that made me say I couldn't do it was like Al Snow making people vomit, doing push-ups in the yeah. sand and stuff like that. Like it just looked like, like they made it boot camp, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, I, I I was never an athlete my entire life. I was a fat kid, so it's it wild to so, imagine. Yeah, yeah, it seems so impossible. But uh, you know, I, I would break down wrestling matches my entire life, like you were just describing. Like I'd watch Eddie Guerrero do a belly to back suplex, and I'd be like, "Why does that look so much more devastating than anybody else doing that move?" And I'd break down exactly what he was doing. So now I try to apply that when I do it and stuff like that. But the old elevator drop on it—he just goes up and then right down. I love that's one of my favorite moves in the world uh ian hunter said shout out to the hacker scotty o'shea weren't there is that the same hacker that you know is that a different jim i used to promote a different hacker yeah. his oh. real name was josh last name escapes me this hacker actually contacted him and asked him for if he could use his gimmick okay his blessing so you know the other hacker you know what uh, yeah he's he's like come in and out of like seeing shows yeah okay he's, okay he's actually like a very successful it guy which means the gimmick yeah he worked he worked at uh blackberry i think for a while yeah i remember do you know danger boy Derek well yeah okay okay yeah he trained him yeah 
the original hacker is no longer around because he couldn't get around no. nordvpn.com slash fightful <laughs> it was too it was just too good too good he couldn't do it um i i, I love how familiar so many of the people are that work the canadian scene are with one another it's it's um, like you know you know uh you know who chris van Vliet is yes so we met chris in vegas a couple of years ago and uh him and i were just talking because he's from pickering i think and he said yeah i was living in the dorm and i heard that one of the guys on my floor was getting into wrestling so i wanted to go with them to a to training it was cody yeah i had no idea and then we're rhyming off people that we know we knew a lot of the same people in the business but i never met him until then it's i met chris in 2012 when he was like an anchor for a local news station in cleveland and he just showed up to an indie show and like i didn't no idea he was from canada when he talked to me that right like there's this weird like six degrees of separation yeah that man has been yeah. all over the continent he's lived in cincinnati he's lived on the kentucky side he's lived in cleveland uh i think miami now la canada like he is all over the place it is true that we for some reason we all know each other like i dropped a couple names on josh like dane jarris as an example i never thought you'd know who that is you know what i mean well they all dabble in independent yeah and they want to get their fix every few years. right <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i have not i have not not yet but... <laughs> JJ says, what was your uh, reaction when Kenny first appeared on Impact? And what did you think of the AEW relationship? It seems to have cooled off a lot. I mean, it seemed to have cooled off completely as of now. But what was your reaction when Kenny showed up? Uh, I thought it was cool. Like, I was a huge fan of Kenny. And I think anybody that is a pro wrestler should be a huge fan of, you know, yeah. what he's able to do in a ring. So it can only highlight us by having matches with him and, like, competing. Even though, you know, we weren't winning or anything like that but <laughs> you know uh the relationship i thought it was it was good for what it was i thought we could have gone over there to highlight some of our guys but that never really materialized which was disappointing but you know i was actually going to bring that up to you so was there talk of that happening uh there was talk of me going pre-bound for glory and just being in the audience maybe for like a this is the guy challenging christian at bound for glory right but i, I think christian like hurt his shoulder or something or is written off tv because of something and around that time so it never happened that's interesting i had never even heard that like i mean there were there were plenty of you surprised uh, <laughs> I, i'm shocked i knew something he didn't know i, I haven't heard that i'm fascinated by all that because i mean i know that that brit and diana push to wrestle each other an awful lot because they're buddies um but that's not one i had heard that's that's really fascinating stuff so uh nails and ny says creative pro just announced josh is coming to long island losing my mind yay creative pro is man they're churning out star after star after star right now they've, they've got a great school yeah brian myers might be the best trainer in all of pro wrestling he's right great. now <laughs> based on he's, what he produces so he's such an entertaining interview too but i mean like we're talking like max caster mjf chris statlander not not only that, it seems like he's got this good balance of in-ring and personality that he's training these people with as well, because MJF and Max Cast are two of the top personalities on AEW. Yeah, yeah. And uh like I, I always talk to him about it. I ask him like how like I'm like, Do you see what Max did? And he's just like, Oh my god, he's killing it. Like he's like just use Max as like the, the measuring stick for the guys he's trained and then but then yeah, you know, Chris Statlander's no slouch either and stuff right. like that. Like what about Destiny uh Pro? Because I don't hear as much about, you know, who the top dogs are in terms of Canada now when it comes to training and promotions. But, yeah. you know, it seems like they're doing some pretty good things. The show, like Des Destiny is just a, an independent wrestling show. But they do training as Battle well. Battle Arts no? is the oh, Battle Arts, yeah. center. Yeah, um, yeah. If we're talking about, like, schools that have produced, like, the, 
the guys that have been like successful independently. I would say like Super Kicks in Toronto has yes. probably produced more students in the past five years than anybody. Uh, we actually have a girl on. training there right now, a girl that works for us. Yeah, you you have like this weird balance for like trainees where like you can train them to be the best wrestler possible, but if they don't want to get in a car and drive to a show and take a booking for fifty bucks, right? You know what I mean? They're never going to build their name and all this other stuff. So like I think like whether it's super kick got lucky with like the students they have being so dedicated or they just hammer that into them, that that's what you got to do to be successful. And other sh schools aren't doing that. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's it, but yeah. yeah. Battle arts, battle arts is a really good training center. Stuff like that headed up by Santino Morella. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's the, the top notch facility. It's like he, he tried to make it a PC of the North kind right. of looking thing. And, uh, you know, they have a lot of students there. It's just uh, some of those students don't want to travel. They just want to yeah. get straight to their tryout for WWE. Uh, okay. I, I love that they combined, like, it's pro wrestling, jiu-jitsu, MMA, a little bit of everything there because, I mean, so much of it goes hand in hand. Yeah. Actually, I think you, you got a show March 26th, I think it is, against John Morrison. Yes, I do. That you ever Destiny. worked him before? No, I have not. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about that one? Uh, I mean, I'm excited. I've always been a fan of John Morrison. He's like, I think we've almost wrestle each other a couple times and it's just hasn't happened for whatever reason so you know right. it's cool that it's going to get to happen uh destiny over the past like four or five years has been i would say it's the premier promotion in all of canada just for the main events it puts on and stuff like that like they've like i wrestled pete dunn when he was WWE uk champion right in a main event for that show and stuff like that so right and bianca's uh side what do you think about that who bianca uh bianca Santino's Carelli, daughter. Oh, yeah. Santino's daughter yeah yeah I mean, it's awesome. Like that, that, that's what I mean. Like that's the formula for that school. That school is like, they want to get your foot in the door and get you signed to be a WWE superstar. So like, that's where you go. If that's what you want to do, if you want to be an independent wrestler and grind and, you know, maybe not make it, right. Then you're going to go through a different Avenue. But. Right. We have right. A, a super chat. Chuck says, Josh, would you like to face Samoa Joe and impact any idea if impact could bring him in? I can tell you guys off the air. Josh said, I'm not facing that jabroni. <laughs> He's like, I've got no desire to face that loser. <laughs> Should I leave it at that? Just for the headline? <laughs> that, that's what he wants. He, he that's what he buried, wants. Yeah. He yeah. buried Samoa Joe and said, I hope we don't sign him. Ugh. Uh, you have wrestled him before. Yeah, I've, I've, I've wrestled Samoa Joe a couple of times. Uh, actually beat him. I was one of the only yeah. people that beat him in that whole run. He had the independence between you know, impact and WWE, but, uh, it was that, fun. It was awesome. You won. I, I remember you won the AAW title. It was him and Eddie Kingston. Uh, yeah. That was like, that was, I, I just remember that. Cause you, you had faced him like the month before. And I feel like it went to, I feel like it was, he like choked me out, but I passed a, out yeah. non-tap. Yeah. That's what it was. It wasn't a tap out. And then that you did the triple threat. I want to say the next month, um, because I was I was pumped for that match, and that was around the time where Samoa Joe was becoming available, and WWE was like, "Yeah, sure, work these other places." Then he popped up in Ring of Honor, and they're like, "No, nah, let's get you under a contract, pal. Let's get that happening." So that was a, a very unique period. You caught him in a very specific window. Yeah, yeah, it was like I was super fortunate to be like the guy that AEW wanted to like build around, and unfortunately at that time I broke my neck, so you know it didn't really snowball like they wanted it to with my career but i i was very fortunate to be able to get in the ring with him because like i said earlier like he's one of my heroes one of the reasons i got into all of pro wrestling so and i know you still work a lot of AEW. you had like a, a 20 minute match with mike bennett recently who i think he's showing a lot of people what he can do because he got unfairly typecast in wwe 
uh, for for like a lot of those angles. And now he's going out and having these crazy matches that that are showing people. But you've also wrestled like Ruby Soho. It's it's such a mixed bag of what you might face. Like one month it might be Mance Warner or one night if if like you got a tournament going on or something. Uh, I mean, how how has that been? Because all over the map, your opponents there. I mean, I am I embrace the uh, the chaos of it all. <laughs> yeah, like that that one the Jim Lynham tournament. I, I I wrestled Mance Warner, Daniel Garcia, Matt Fitchett, and somebody else, Myron Reed. So yeah. like you're talking about like four almost completely different types of wrestlers and all that stuff, and like you have no time to talk. So like, yes. I think that's when the pressure goes on pro wrestlers. And that's when you really learn if you can do this, like without talking about it and pre-planning and doing all that stuff. So like me and Daniel Garcia, we talked for all of two seconds. It was just like, I'll tombstone you out of a sleeper hole. And he was just like, what else? I'm like, let's just chain wrestle and see what happens. And we just, and it was like one of the best matches either of us like could think we could have, you know what I mean? It was so much fun. Did I hear that right? Did he say Ruby Soho? You wrestled Ruby Soho? Yes, I wrestled Ruby Soho in a return match. It was like six years to the day at AEW. She had come up in AEW before she went off to WWE and stuff like that. So she requested me, which was like super, you know, humbling and cool. And uh, so what's it, what are your thoughts on an intergender wrestling? Like how it was, was it a good, intergender it was wrestling? It was a good 20, 25 minutes too. It was a hell of a match. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it was funny. Cause like when I said, we're going to go at least 20 minutes, she was like, I think I've only max gone six minutes for the last six years. So wow. <laughs> we'll see how this goes. You know what I mean? Uh, but like she trusted me and like, yeah. I have so much trust for her. She was my first match back from when I broke my neck. So we've built this trust over the years, knowing each other, but uh, intergender wrestling, I think, like anything in wrestling, if it's done right, it's awesome. Right. I, I just think that, like you know, you can you can overplay your hand with a lot of things and a lot of tricks you have, and so some people aren't very successful at it. And like for me, I've probably had six or seven, and I'm probably five of them were all terrible. Is that I've, right? I've learned those lessons through trial and error now. So me and Ruby was like, I I said it was probably one of the best matches I've ever had storytelling wise. Right. So, and you got that um, win back, brother. Yeah, I got that <laughs> win back. You mentioned the the, the Jim Lynham tournament too. I mean, to kind of highlight that again, you mentioned uh, Mance, Myron, uh, Matt Fitchett, and Garcia. But you had a, you were in another one, the one that you won a couple of years ago, and it was Eddie Kingston, Myron Reed, Colt Cabana, Jake something. Those four couldn't be more unlike one another, <laughs> and and like that that is, I think that is awesome. I think that's especially on the indies that's a great thing to do the styles clash the opponents are varied i mean that's every every week you're you're wrestling somebody different with a different skill set that you're 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 not usually seeing them at tapings all the time yeah and that's like the journeyman perspective of this that's where you take pride in the the being a wrestler portion of this job and stuff like that because the guys i looked up to i felt like they could have a good match with anybody so yeah like i gotta apply myself and try to do that too right you had you had mentioned uh, Regal talking to you about something. What kind was that for? Like extra work in WWE? What extra work did you do for them? Uh, I did like it was just extra work. Like they didn't use me for any backstage segments or security okay. or anything like that. But uh, with the Monday Night Raw, you basically just sit there and you talk, and Regal talks to you about like what the job is and what you have to do and what you're lacking. And that's where he told me I would look like a pretty boy and Jake was <laughs> ugly. So he has a better chance of getting a job. But then on SmackDown, it was the night that uh, Sheamus and Mark Henry, I think were doing like a, an arm wrestling off in the ring. Those draw on YouTube, man. Like it's insane when they do arm wrestling stuff, 
They get like 30 million views on it. It's unreal. Okay, so we're all standing in our gear beside the ring, and Triple H is in the ring going over this arm wrestling thing with like Arn Anderson. Everybody on the roster has circled the ring, watching them go over this segment and try to like put it together properly. And Regal just goes up and goes, Hey, Hunter, can you guys get out of the ring so these guys can have their four minute match? And he like looks at us, and I'm just like, I'm like a like. I couldn't have felt more like a piece of shit when he looks yeah. at me like, and they just like lift this giant contraption for the arm wrestling thing out of the ring. And then Regal goes, okay, you're up four minutes. And like we, me and Jake something went in and had a match and it was the most stressful thing I've ever been through in my life. But like, I, I I'm thankful for it because now any, anything that happens, like it's definitely less stressful than that, less pressure than that. Right. So interesting. Interesting couple of comments nail says kylie ray broke his nose right or at least busted it and jade chimes in with i've lost count of how many people busted his nose jet included <laughs> it's it's not hard to break my nose <laughs> <laughs> i've i've got the deviated septum like i gotta get that fixed like do you deal with that at all because if you get your nose busted repeatedly i mean like that's that's almost like a foregone conclusion i've had the deviated septum surgery ah. uh, the thing already and uh now it's just like it, it breaks in the middle and it just it's just cartilage so i'm sure it'll be like okay. the size of my fist by the time i'm 50 but what was the recovery like for the the deviated septum surgery uh, i i think i couldn't work out for they said like three weeks and i waited a week and then i wrestled two weeks later so <laughs> doctors are just like they just offer suggestions <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> just suggestions <laughs> jimmy what else you got we're, we're about to to wrap up this main show so i wanted to bring up the madison square garden show from last weekend so okay. brock had a mystery opponent they they, they threw it into storyline on television and there was a twitter hashtag going that night wwe msg yeah. and i kept on kind of refreshing it everybody was going ape shit people convinced themselves that the mystery opponent was Cody Rose. People actually convinced themselves of this. And when it turned out to be Austin Theory, Oof. there were people by the hundreds shitting all over the fact that it wasn't Cody Rhodes. When it was never promoted, like they just conjured this up in their heads. And so the first thing I want to do is I want to ask you, Josh, can you ever remember a situation, maybe it was an impact, maybe it was something with you, where fans got worked up about something that they kind of conjured up that was never promoted and then got angry when it didn't happen. I know that might be a tough thing to answer, but yeah, off the top of my head, I'm just I'm drawing a blank. Maybe me, I, going, I, to, Nate, me going to AEW would be the closest thing. So there far. you go. <laughs> I mean, everybody thought that right there, they were like, for sure, he's leaving. He's going to AEW. I, I mean, and I mean, obviously, I know that they had to clear that line with Ethan Page because they're going to make sure he, it's not going to upset him or anything, but. Everybody thought for sure, oh, well, they, they got him. Signed, sealed, delivered. There we go. Because that was around the time that your the angle was going as well. But, I mean, to people's credit. So I got I started to get words Saturday. They're like, something's up at MSG. And I'm like, all right, I'll dig around. They put Brock Lesnar versus TBD. And they referenced him losing the title numerous times on television. Paul Heyman did. And they were working the talent. They were working the staff. They switched refs off some matches. They switched producers off some matches. They moved Brock's match from before the intermission to the main event with TBD still listed. They had brought in people to that show that weren't booked on the show. It was very, very weird. And then it was Austin Theory, and I was like, well, shit. Now I got to post some like news that people actually care about because we got a ton of people that subscribed 
And they were like, oh, man. So I was like, all right, Jeff Hardy's going to AEW. Swerve's going to AEW. And fortunately, they were satisfied. But like, I was looking at that and I was like, damn, it doesn't, it's not just going to piss off like WWE's people. It's going to piss off people who subscribe to us thinking like, like John Cena was going to walk out there and hit an attitude adjustment and pin Brock Lesnar for the title. You know what I mean? So that was, was it, was it from what you've heard? Was it theory the whole time? Theory was one of the first names that I heard, but much like Steve Austin returning and CM yeah. Punk coming back to wrestling, I said, get the hell out of here. Yeah, what, right. what all due respect to Austin theory, main eventing MSG. I mean, great. Oh, yeah, Brock, good for him. Brock can main event MSG against a broomstick and beat the shit out of it. And I would be happy. I would love to watch it. But the only thing I will say is if any fan bought a ticket for that show because they bought into the promo work on television. Yeah. Thinking it was going to be a big name. I could see them being pissed when Austin Theory walks out. But if they convinced themselves it was Cody Rhodes, tough shit. Like, no, that was never even hinted. Yeah, there's no indication it was Cody Rhodes right, for sure. Right. Uh, heard from him today, by the way. But Ryan Lambert says, love seeing Josh grow as a talent from his early AAW stints. Keep up the amazing work, Josh. Love that. Getting praise all over the place. One of the best in the world. Well, guys, we are about to uh, wrap up this portion of the show. We do have our post show over on FightfulSelect.com. I have no clue what we're talking about over there. Jimmy doesn't prep me whatsoever. <laughs> No, you were talking about magazines earlier, Josh. Here's our magazine. This is a cheap plug. Oh, here I can hold it up. Yeah, there's there's our magazine. Since he was talking about man, there you go. Oh, man. There you go. We're gonna do a story on you in a future edition. How's that? Next one's coming out April first, by the way. April first. I should probably write my article then, shouldn't I? I've only been waiting for about two weeks, Sean. Are you been much busy, writing, Jimmy? Uh, I have written a few things in the past. I think I might have reached out to. Uh... Yeah, SRS over yeah here we've, we've had some conversations. Really? I have yet to find a topic. that. Really okay, we're going to talk then. I'll have you, because we do a thing called the Wrestler's Tribune, written, written by wrestlers. Yeah, Jordan just so. wrote one, didn't she? Okay. Yeah, or no, uh, she she did another one. Uh, Cody wrote for us, Cody Diener. Uh, yeah, or, Cody Diener, Matt Cardona, uh, yeah. Shaza McKenzie. EC3. Uh, EC3. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, so now that I know you like to write, I will hit you up. You can keep that, by the way. Right. Oh, man, lucky you. A parting <laughs> yeah, gift. Yeah, a parting yeah. gift. He's going to show that off to everybody, Sean. He is. He's just going to walk down the streets of Toronto and <laughs> waving be like, it, waving my it. day is made. A reminder, guys, watch Impact Wrestling every Thursday evening on Access. There are a million ways to watch it now. You can watch it uh, by subscribing to their YouTube as well. Josh Alexander is an integral figure on that show. Josh, thank you so much, man. Yeah, man, anytime. This is cool. Until next time, guys. We're out. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc